0: For no other reason, just because you have them and they don't, yeah, which I understand as a parent. Yeah, officially for the last thirty-one years, have been a parent. That's a dad joke. That's yeah, my, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> I got it because <laughs> your time. last name yeah. is Parent.
1: Welcome to Making Chips. As manufacturing leaders, we go through seasons seasons of struggle, and seasons of celebration. But if you are connected to a community of leaders, you will be equipped to make the most of the peaks, and you'll be inspired to move quickly through the valleys. What you will hear is not just our opinion. It is the battle-tested testimonial and advice of a manufacturing leader just like you. So listen up and take notes. Welcome to Making Chips Seasons. All right, here we go. And we are here again with our new host, Mike Payne from Hill Manufacturing and Fabrication.
2: Now, we don't even have to work anymore.
1: We just chill. right? And you do it. We're going to call you the king of Tulsa Manufacturing. <laughs> is that okay? I got a crown you. It's Tulsa, of king, right? yeah, yeah. Yeah, the Tulsa King, right? Tulsa King. Oh, I didn't even realize yeah. that. Yeah, okay,
3: yeah. well, then it is very apropos. Which as a side note, they just announced this week that they will not be filming in Tulsa anymore. Why? Because it's too hot here in the summer. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Apparently, Rocky said, I now know what hell feels like. Oh, good grief.
1: <laughs> <So>. <laughs> well, Mike, you've got a great guest for us today. And I'm really excited to have him here and, and to hear from him because I just got connected with him on LinkedIn. He's prolific on social media. I love everything that he has to say and both work related stuff that he shares on LinkedIn and the personal related stuff I really love. And so, but before we introduce him, Mike, why don't you tell us a little bit about why you invited him to the show? So, you
3: guys know that. I mean, my background over the last 25 years is an entrepreneur and working with entrepreneurs, and I have a true... You have a passion. I have absolute passion. You have an entrepreneur, Dar. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) And I love and appreciate like every entrepreneur I've ever come across. Success, failure, doesn't matter. You guys know, and Metalworking Nation knows, it takes guts, Mm -hmm. right? Absolutely. And our guest today, I've watched him, Jason, as you referenced on LinkedIn, I've watched him be so transparent about the highs, the lows, the good, the bad, the ugly. And I know he's inspired me to like reach out and work with him. And we've sent work, we've given extra equipment and so forth to him because I just, I love what he's doing.
1: And that's one of the things that I love about you, Mike, is that you want to help feed that. And you're even willing to give your own in order to help yeah, somebody Yeah, I mean, if we can up. help, we want to help. Right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I love that. It's not just about you. And that's one of the things we always talk about making chips. It's like not just about us. It's about yeah. the community. It's about bringing that community together. And I love that you're doing that here in Tulsa as the king of Tulsa manufacturing. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm pumped to get into it and meet this guy.
2: But we're piloting some new segments, some new concepts. And one thing that we know about our friend Jason is he's always reading something, learning something. So let's start he this imparts new segment. He his
1: knowledge on us. Yeah, every yeah. time we So speak. Jason,
2: let's get into a what are you learning
1: segment. Yeah, here. no, it's a great question. I love talking about what I'm learning and thinking about like the things that I'm thinking through. I was going to talk about what the book we were reading in the book club, but I decided to think to talk about something else, which is because we literally just went through this. I have a hard time thinking through something when I'm like writing or typing. Okay? Yeah, we were just having so, a friendly Yeah, debate. a friendly dialogue in this. I think through things when I'm talking obviously, on the podcast. (laughs) And when I'm like drawn on a whiteboard or something like that, and my most creative thoughts come out and the problem solving that I go through is when I talk through it. Mm -hmm. And I've been able to realize that and I've kind of positioned some people in my company to make the best of that too. So when we have our meetings... I'm not the person like taking the notes and doing all the things and creating the accountabilities at the end of the meeting. I just do the talking and the hosting through the meeting, just like I do yeah, the hosting so, here. And it really just helps me to think through things.
2: And not everybody is the same, right? Like, no,
1: you got to figure it obviously out. Obviously, we work
2: through a lot of like cool ideas together and we talk through them and then I'm usually the one who like alright how do I kind of like write this up it helps mm-hmm. me refine my thoughts or even like challenging conversations that I have to have like with my wife for example right like I'll be like alright I know if we just start talking about this I'm going to say something wrong so I'll kind of like draft it up a little bit and then be like alright babe you want to go talk about this because I
1: think I'm not going to end up in the doghouse now that I've had some time to put it's it funny together. that you mentioned that Nick because I have structured conversations <laughs> with my wife before too and it ended up being a lot better conversation than if I would have winged it yeah. I do the same thing.
3: So I'll write an email with nobody in the two line of everything I want to say. Yeah. Yeah. And whether it's a conversation with a customer or a, a friend or family or whatever. And that way, I've gotten it all out. Yeah. And then it's my framework for the actual discussion.
1: Or you just hit delete. Oh, you yeah. I did enough in the yeah, email you that you send, didn't send. Right?
3: Yeah. <laughs> or I'll do it on the notes on my phone or something like that. Yeah. But I've done that frequently. So yeah. we have
2: a very loose structure for our guest today. But Mike, why don't you go ahead and introduce him and we'll jump right in here.
3: Yeah. So today, again, like I said earlier, entrepreneur that... Kind of started out in the industry and decided to go out on his own for a multitude of reasons, and so yeah, just straight to it. Introduce Ken Parent, Ken. Welcome, oh, thank welcome, you, Ben. Thank, he's you, a parent Ken.
1: thank of parent you, of parent manufacturing. Yeah, and he's also the parent of eight nine kids.
0: Eight kids. Eight kids.
1: Whoa, I mean that parent seven title comes officially,
0: to life. like yeah. in the process, all my kids are being adopted, so. One, we're not sure about, but the rest of them, yeah, seven for sure. Wow. He's gonna and, adopt it, and I do so.
1: know some of the kind of the ugly side of fostering mm-hmm. because my yeah. right-hand man at Zenger's, Mike Ruge, who I'm going to have him on a show in the future, he's a foster parent as well. And he kind of confides in me about a lot of the stuff that's going on. And yeah. it could be brutal at times.
0: Oh, yeah, it is. You're dealing with government, first of all, mm-hmm. which is always a blast. Yeah. And then on top of that, you're dealing with parents who most of the time, don't want to change their lifestyle to yep. get their kids back hate you for taking care of their kids yep for no other reason just because you have them and they don't yeah which I understand as a parent yeah officially for the last 31 years have been a parent. That's a dad joke. (laughs) Oh, I got it. (laughs) Because your last name is parent. There There we go. go. I was
2: like, there's no way you've had kids (laughs) for 31 years. You look like you're 31 years old. I
0: am 31. I got it. But yeah, so it's just been, it's hard, but it's worth it because you're taking kids who have no hope in life, who have been through more things than I could tell you stories, just my kids in my house, of the things they've been through and... Most, especially in today's culture, most grown men, if they would have gone through that, would be curled up in a ball, absolutely crying their eyes out, going to therapy for years upon yeah. years. And well, God kid, bless you for doing yeah. that, man. I mean, yeah. and it's yeah. the that's kids are so resilient, and it's just what God's called us to do in our lives. So that's amazing. We'll that's really it. cool.
1: Speaking of the government, so the, the government, I believe, screws up ninety nine percent of what it tries to do. But the one good thing I do recall in Illinois, at least, I don't know how it is in Oklahoma, but what Mike told me was, because he was signing up for our insurance, and I'm like, how come you're just signing up for you and your spouse? And he's like, well, because the state actually covers all their insurance. So that was one good thing. And then he said they cover if his foster children, hopefully soon
0: they'll be his children,
1: go to an Illinois college 100% paid for.
0: Is that the same thing in Oklahoma? I know that the medical coverage, everything is covered until they're 18 yeah. or they're still in high school.
1: Right. So that's a really good thing because I mean, you're oh, actually yeah, great. doing you know, yeah. <laughs> for these kids that and the parents that are challenged by the monetary aspect of it and the kids that have been challenged
0: in their lives. Yeah. Doing something for that. Kudos government finally doing something. Right. Good. Yeah, for sure. And then the college stuff, I think it's not only is it paid for mostly, but then they're also open to so many different grants and scholarships yep. because of the process that they went through. Yeah. So and yeah, I want to I kind of retract what I'm saying. Like, our country is amazing and it's just our politicians Well, I'm going to retract what
1: you're
2: saying for a totally different reason. (laughs) So this is like, what I want to be talking about. It's what my wife keeps talking to me about, but actually we're in the middle of recording Wait, a is podcast. this a
1: manufacturing podcast? <laughs> yeah, this is a manufacturing crap.
2: And oh, we have sorry. a guest host <laughs> my bad. who's supposed to be interviewing our <laughs> guests, so let's let him do it. And yeah. we'll talk about this offline okay, for sure. Okay, yeah, for sure, yeah. Mike, go ahead, yeah.
3: Fair enough, but I would also say it's appropriate because yeah, what I know about Ken's story is this is the basis for why he's doing what he's yeah. doing. So That's awesome. So Ken, just tell us, 31 years old. Yeah. Start
2: got your 31 own manu- years ago.
0: Yeah, right. Well, this cute little baby boy, 10 pounds, 30 ounces. I don't know how many ounces I was, but I was a fat baby. But no, so originally I'm not from Oklahoma. I am from northern Michigan, backwoods northern Michigan. Showstand. Lower peninsula, but an hour from the upper peninsula. So... Grew up right on the Great Lakes, God's country. I mean, it is the most beautiful area in the world. Wintertime, summertime, it's always beautiful. I mean, yeah, it's freezing cold, but it's pretty. But I was never involved in manufacturing. I grew up actually, during high school, took extra courses to become a chef. And so I've gone through culinary training, did a little bit past that, but hated working in restaurants. So I just quit didn't know what I was going to do with my life, lived a pretty, my family is not the best, but won't go into that. Ended up going to college in New York, escaping my life there in Michigan, going to college in New York. My last summer there, I ended up meeting my now wife. We were just friends. And then I was a jerk and just totally just left her and went back to Michigan and said, whatever, I'm never going to see you again. So (laughs) we were just friends, but still two years later, I'm just working odd jobs for two years. And then she contacts me. I go out to New York and end up working for her dad, helping men get off drugs and alcohol. So did that for a while. And then some stuff happened there, nonprofit, outside stuff happened. So ended up my wife and I moved back here. She's from here. From Tulsa? Tulsa, Oklahoma, suburb Catoosa. So she's born and raised here. And So we're not going to Michigan. She's going to move here. She can't do the cold. So we moved here and I actually ended up working for a company that was contracted to work out at Google, which now I do believe the site that is outside of Tulsa is the largest in the world. So there I was just working on the mechanical side of things. I've always been mechanical. But I was helping order all the mechanical supplies for the whole site because everybody if they needed something, they would just order it and we'd have 50 of one tool that's worth $2,000. Right. So $2, got, $2, so got it all organized, built the job, everything, but they wanted to move my job from the mechanical side of things to the logistics side of things, which makes sense because a lot of it is logistical stuff. But the company I was going to go work for, I won't name names, but they were a pretty terrible company. And the way that they scheduled things and work things like did not work for the job at all. And they had me re-interview for the job I had created 2 years before that <laughs> nice and so I was like well this isn't working out so I ended up getting laid off because I ran my mouth And I said stuff to the supervisor. you're any good
3: entrepreneur. Yeah, Yeah, I basically
0: told him, like, no, you're completely wrong. Like, that's not the way this job is going to work. And you're going to run into problems if you try to do it. Most good entrepreneurs are not employable. Absolutely. (laughs) That's why a lot of them Um, leave school, too, you know? Yeah. And so I ended up leaving there. And at the same time, I was actually just perusing Craigslist, looking at used cars. And I found this ad for free CNC machining courses through Tulsa Technical College. And you had to go through the process, get qualified. The bad thing is... It was not a bad thing. It's a great thing, great project that they're doing, but it's meant more for ex-cons and people who can't get employed really easily. And so I show up an interview and I'm in a sport jacket and button-up shirt. And they said, I was the only one that ever dressed up for these interviews. And then they're like, well, you're going to be feel a lot of place because everybody in here is ex-cons. And I'm like, well, that's my family. So I guess it's all right. I fit in. And you were comfortable. Yeah. So it was a four month (laughs) course. I did four classes a week at night, four hours a night. Did you make a lot of friends there? No, I don't talk. I was friends with everybody there, but I don't, once you leave there, everybody goes off to their own thing. And so you don't really talk. You don't know if they've made it in CNC manufacturing or not? No idea. I hope some of them did because some of them were really and really had an aptitude for it, but it just didn't happen. So in the middle of that, I got my first job and we had gone through lathe training and my first job was running mills. And so I had no idea what I was doing. I go in and take the test at a company here in Tulsa and it's all mill stuff. And I'm like, I hand in the test and I'm like, hey man, I probably missed every single one of those questions. I haven't learned any of this yet. Yeah. I'm like, that's okay. We'll start you out at $13 an hour. You get the janky machine in the back corner in the dark <laughs> and see if you can make it. And so- nice. I did. Ended up working there. They got bought out by another company, a company Mike used to work for, actually. It was a company I worked for. They got bought out by One Fire. Oh, They right. came in and it wasn't bought out, but they agreed to sell the business to them. And, got it. And they basically told me I would cap out at $15 an hour and never really go anywhere. And I was like, well, a company down the road just offered me 18 <laughs> And I was freshly married. I talked to the owners and I was like, hey, I'm sorry. And they're like, we understand. So that was my first crash on a mill. Destroyed a four and a half inch face mill. Nice. It yeah. was beautiful. Got some chips in my arms. It yeah. was great. <laughs> Yeah. Everybody <laughs> but were needs happy to do with that. With oh, that. Yeah. yeah. Did you fail the test? Oh, yeah. No, I failed
1: it completely. Yeah, you did. Okay. But I thought maybe you were going to come back and be like, I got 100%. Oh, no. Oh, no. Okay. I got like one question.
0: <laughs> but so then I graduated the Tulsa Tech course and got this other job. And I was there for a little while, but it was oil and gas related. And so oil and gas got bad. I scrapped the wrong parts that I shouldn't have scrapped. And mind you, I walked into that company and they handed me all the mills and said, you're in charge of all these mills and make sure they're up and running. No setup sheets, no processes, know anything. And I'm like, I don't even know what parts you're running. <laughs> it was one of those kind of shops that people like give manufacturing and machining a bad name. Yeah, Like it was one of those shops. Got and it. I worked there for a little while and it didn't work out. Ended up moving on to the next job, which was, I worked for one guy. It was just him and I, and he had five machines. And so he took me back really CNC's. To, yeah to basics, some Mori horizontals and some lathes. And he took me back to basics and really built up not only programming, basic programming and running the machines, but also fixing used machines and being able to do the maintenance side of things. So he really mentored you. Yeah. That led us into COVID. And just the two of us, he ended up getting COVID or getting exposed to it or whatever. At the very beginning when everybody was freaking out over it for good reason. So he ended up moving all of his stuff back to his house. And so I got let go. And then I ended up working for a guy in Broken Arrow where the teacher from Tulsa Tech that I had, he had quit and was working for this guy full-time. And so I went in, did a like a three-week kind of, let's see what you can actually do, and was able to go in, do some macros, and run machines, and set up machines, and stuff like that. And so I ended up working there for a year and a half, and he was a guy that pushed me into getting my own machine because he didn't have all the machines he needed, and he needed somebody to run parts, and it was all titanium. I was running titanium race parts. That's not an easy place to start. It was awesome. I mean, titanium for me now... I'd rather run that over aluminum Is that like day. a
1: specialty for you now? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, nice.
0: I try to focus on your more specialty metals, your, okay. your super alloys and, stuff and, and, and like that. stainless yeah. and stuff. So. Nice. I don't get as much as I want. Us but tooling distributors like that too because yeah. you chew through a lot more inserts. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, it was great working there. I learned a ton, but I had that machine and I started running parts for him. And then he went out and bought two brand new Swiss machines. And so, now he had three Swiss machines, two twin spindle Y-axis lays and a five-axis mill. And so he didn't really have more work for me. And I was like, well, I have this machine that I owe money on now. I mean, I bought it off of eBay. I paid $19,000 for it. Nice." But I was like, I have make payments now, so I got to do something to make money. So I started just calling on some people and just seeing and getting on LinkedIn. And I was like, well, I might as well try this thing out. Business was going really well, but I made the mistake of working. You know that company I told you about that gives manufacturing yeah. a bad name? Yeah. Well, I started doing work for them. Oh, Stupid decision. But I was desperate for money. I was like, I need to make payments. They have work. They're paying me really well. When they paid me, they paid me really well. Nice. Isn't there a Bon Jovi song like that? Or is that love? Okay. Man, I'm from the (laughs) 90s. give, you give manufacturing (laughs) a bad (laughs) name.
1: But Mike, you
2: said it. And I'm totally picking up on this. You were yeah. like, he's the most transparent yeah. entrepreneur you'll ever Absolutely. Made. And you tell us the good, the bad, yeah. what you paid for yeah. your yeah. machine. Though. So oh, yeah, yeah,
1: I could kind of tee this up a little bit. So like I was on LinkedIn and Mike made a comment on one of your posts and then I saw him making another comment or just liking it or something. And I'm like, who is this guy? Ken? I called you. I was like, who's this guy, Ken Parent, who's almost talking in stream of consciousness on LinkedIn, just letting it all out. And I'm like 75 yeah. comments every single right. time he posts, yeah. And which I thought was amazing because you're tapping into the resources of that community in order to help you, which I thought was awesome. And you're like, yeah, it's Ken. And you kind of described him and stuff like that. And I was like, that's amazing.
3: Yeah. One of the reasons I wanted to have him on the show. And one of the reasons I've been inspired by Ken all along is when we bought Hill, um, as I got to know guys on the floor, they tell me, yeah, I I used to think I wanted to own a shop Yeah. until now I know what you go through every day. Right. Or you just
1: follow Ken on LinkedIn. Right.
3: (laughs) Yeah. And I think people... Throughout my career, and I'm sure everybody, I mean, at some point thinks, well, I could do this on my own and make the money that that guy makes. Right. And you only <laughs> no. see the good, <laughs> right? Because that's really what we all talk about. I mean, we can talk about a great year and all the growth we've had and so forth, but we don't talk about the struggles of getting paid or making your bills and so forth. And Ken has just been so transparent. And I think it's very valuable to the community in general to yeah. see the good, the bad, and the ugly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: So what was your reason for going off on your own, becoming an yeah. entrepreneur is because you just figured you'd get fired from you're like, I just gotta do no, this myself. I was forced so, into it. <laughs> I honestly don't think I could work for somebody. Yeah. Like I think I would get fired too. And I've been told yeah. that by other people. They'd be like, Jason, the things you say and stuff like that, yeah,
0: nobody's gonna want to put up with that. Like I wouldn't have. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so yeah. go ahead. But yeah, no, I was forced into it really at this job where I was running all these titanium race car parts, which I mean, great parts. If you're in dirt track, I mean, we did stuff for Formula One for NASCAR, but it's mainly dirt track racing. And I mean, it's the best stuff on the market. I've seen the other stuff. I fixed the other stuff and I'm like, man, this stuff is the best and great guy, but his business is everything to him. And so when he saw that I was getting more work outside of his job, he was just worried that I was going to just up and leave one day. Which is not me. I right. mean, even the guy who taught me, he was like, that's the only student I've talked to. I still talk to after 10 years of teaching. He's the only one who's still in my phone. Like, he's like, he's not that kind of guy. It's just not me. But he said he was afraid and wintertime is their busy season. And so he was building up to that. And so we just sat down one day and he's like, hey, man, what's your plan? What are you planning? I said, well, eventually I would like to do this full time. I'm just not there, not even close. And he said, well, I'm going to bring in another guy and have you train him stuff. And so I was like, there's nothing I could really do about it. Mm -hmm. And I try to be peaceful with everybody. I don't like to raise a ruckus. Sometimes I do so he brought in this other guy the bad thing is he didn't know how to program he couldn't read the programs he couldn't do setups and stuff so I was like well I'll just train him to check the parts and that's it and so it was kind of at that point I was forced to mutually part ways and so it it was in the middle of COVID still though stuff was starting to open back up but yeah and so my wife and I looked at each other and we're like I think at that time we had four kids and two of them adopted two not and she's like well there's no you might as well do it now while you can I mean and just see what you can do but in Oklahoma as an entrepreneur, if you're starting your own business, you can't collect unemployment. And I was like, well, that sucks, but it's just part of it. And so we did. And it was a struggle. I mean, for the first three months, I made $0. Right. I imagine. No idea how we were going to pay bills. Food was like, what are we doing kind of thing. And so but started to pick up a little bit, started getting, doing work for this other company and terrible idea. But because at one time they owed me $45,000 and for me, that was like more than I would make in a year, like, or right around in a year. And I'm like, and that's what you owe me? Like, that's a lot of money. That's all my bills paid up. And then they would pay it so late that I'd have to go and back pay everything. And then I'd be back where I left off $0. Well, I'm always trying to find creative ways to collect receivables.
1: But I imagine yeah. if you get all your kids in the very large vehicle that you probably oh, yeah. have and drive them up to that a customer, a Nissan NV, 12 yeah, and there you go, and be like, "Hey, you see those nice oh, yeah. kids out in the car?
0: They need to eat." Yeah, and I was a, have them go in there and say, yeah. "Where's
2: my dad's money?"
1: <laughs> and that's the thing is,
0: like, they all knew. That's right. the thing they knew, and I would tell them, "Yeah." And the bad thing is, I'm a very strong Christian. Yeah, it's just who I am. I've been saved out of a lot, and the people up there claimed that as well. Mm. And nothing gets me more fired up yeah, than that I because you, man. that's the given hypocrisy me hypocrisy in the oh, just, I hear you. It fires me up. Yeah, so, I agree. Other people, I can deal with it. I'm yeah. like, I understand. Like, okay, let's figure out how to work. These guys, no. Yeah. And, and so, I mean, I wrote some pretty strong worded emails yeah. basically saying, like, I know exactly what you're doing. You're preserving your cash flow and you're lying to me about it yep. because guess what? I still know people that work there because I work there. Yeah, They walk into the office and they know, they hear you say... Tell them we'll give them a check, but we're not going to cut them a check. It's terrible. I've watched you do it with other customers. Like, I know what you're doing. I've been in that same situation. Not receivables, but just, yes, Yeah, Yeah, I hear what you're saying. It sucks, but it's life. Yeah. And there are people in manufacturing that do that. So, but then Mike and I got introduced on LinkedIn. He just hit me up one day and was just, hey, stop on by, you know, I'd love to talk to you. So, like you said, I've done a couple jobs for them and he's given me, I think, a granite plate, and a few I, things, a few I little things, just little things I needed that he knew I couldn't afford at the time. And he's like, Hey man, I got like four of them sitting around. Somebody's using that as a coffee coaster. So here, <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> hey, Jason, what's the first
2: thing you think of when I say the word setups? You're not making chips <laughs>
1: yeah, and you're
2: funny. not making money. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's one of the biggest battles that can hold you back as a manufacturer.
1: Absolutely. So enter the lean setup guide from ProShop. Okay. What's that? This guide can help anyone, whether you're a ProShop user or not, but ProShop users have experienced a 50% reduction in setup time because the software builds these lean principles into their process.
2: Yeah. So it's a totally free download. You can go to ProShopERP.com slash 50, and you can get your copy of the lean setup guide.
1: Bam. So let's talk about LinkedIn, because that's where I first found out about you. You just tell your story there. And I love that. You're telling the day-to-day challenges, the day-to-day successes. What made you decide to start doing that?
0: Well, I don't have any other social media. Okay. I hate the rest of it. I think it's the stupidest thing in the world. That's just my opinion. But LinkedIn, I saw that as an opportunity for business. And when I started it, that's the whole goal was to find work. That was my whole goal. And I've gotten a little bit off of there, but not much. And it developed more into an area where I said, well, I'm going through this. I'm going through these ups and downs. And nobody told me anything. I didn't have any funding when I started my business. I mean, I took out an SBA loan to get a $19,000 machine. Like, yeah. I had no funding, no supporters, no investors, no anything. It was 100% bootstrapped with no savings. Right. And so I'm one of those millennials that doesn't have any savings. Yeah. So, I just got on there and I see all these other people talking about wanting to start their own business and stuff. And so I was just like, well, I want to be a resource for people. And so I just started putting the stuff on, what I'd go through. If I had to pull an all-nighter, like, hey, I've been up for 36 hours straight because the customer showed up, needed these parts, and yeah. I need the business. So pulling all-nighter. Yeah. Or I think one time I posted my picture of my business account <laughs> and it had $15 in it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the messages I got from that were people was like, You can't do that. Customers are gonna think you don't have money to buy stuff. I'm like, that's on net thirty pay. Like, yeah. that's totally different. Like yeah. this is what happens when people don't pay your invoices and you need the money and you're still trying to push out parts and stuff. I'm like, if you want to be a business owner, like a small business owner starting your own thing, like be prepared. Like yeah. At some point you're gonna enter this where you're going to have to really get creative on how you're going to shuffle bills and figure things out because you got $15 in this account and $20 in the other account three weeks before you get any money. How are you going to do it? You're saying the things that, other people are going through, but they're just
1: keeping quiet on yeah, it. You get, know what I mean? And yeah. so kudos to you for actually being transparent in that way. I mean, that's amazing because there's other people out there that have $15 in their checking account they're, right now. And you know what? They're probably <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're probably hiding it and they're yeah. probably more sure. It probably feels freeing to you to it actually does. put it out there and just it, be like, hey, this is my struggle. Yeah. And hey, is anybody else there? And you probably get a lot of comments. And the support that you get.
0: Yeah. I mean, yeah, there's always a the negative stuff. I have people be like, hey, don't post negative stuff on LinkedIn. It makes yeah. you look bad and all these things. Yeah. I'm like, well, makes I you mean, look real. according to the 30,000 people that looked at that post and hundred something people that commented on it, no, obviously it's real life and they yeah. want that. And then people getting on and supporting and stuff like that, it just, it helps you through it because- yeah. You're not hiring
1: a photo crew and putting makeup on before you post your picture, (laughs) are you? So,
3: as we've alluded to, my background is not manufacturing. Came into it five years ago, and I love it. We've been in
0: manufacturing about the same amount of time. So There you
3: go. I've been in almost every other industry there is. I mean, you name one, I've touched it. One of the things that has probably impressed me most about the manufacturing community locally, regionally, nationally, is the willingness to help each other. Oh, yeah. What's your experience been in that, right? So you talk about the negative comments that you've got some of this, but what feedback have you gotten from
0: others to boost you up and help you? And I've gotten a lot of private messages where people don't want to post it in public saying like, Hey man, we went through this. I mean, I got my truck repossessed a couple months ago. Like it's right after Christmas, tow truck pulls up, it's dark out. And I'm like, I knew it was coming because I was shuffling bills, trying to figure it out. And I'm like, well, I made the mistake. I made poor financial decisions and tried to buy a $30,000 truck when I didn't have the money for it. And so. So things like that, people sending me messages, hey, man, same thing happened to me. I was able to get it back, but I've been in the situation. I know it gets better. Keep going. People from New York, I mean, Illinois, California, Florida, Texas, Oklahoma, local people, Mike encouraging me, like things like that. Like it's so great in the manufacturing community to be able to know that while there are people out there who we've all met them, worked with them in shops before who are, think they're God's gift to machining. There's those people who no matter what you do, they're always better. They're the majority, 99% of people out there are just normal everyday people who are just like, hey, it's so awesome that you're doing it. I couldn't do it, but keep going. Keep encouraging me. Cause you're encouraging me. Like I want to start my own someday and I'm taking all everything you're saying and I'm writing notes on it to be prepared, to prepare See, myself to know like,
2: this is not an easy industry. No,
0: it's the hardest thing I've ever done in my an easy life. Industry
2: Mike can point you to five other industries yeah. that are easier to be in. Yeah. I mean, I'm like, Kind of moved by everything you're saying, like really moved by everything you're saying. And I just love the hey, yeah, I got my truck repossessed. And you're going to yeah. talk about it on a podcast that a lot yeah. of people listen to. Yeah, it's and real then, life. Like, That's all it is. You put the fifteen dollars in my account thing on LinkedIn, and you got all the followers. And then all these other people want to talk about like the
1: amazing job they
2: did. Yeah, they only want to put.
1: They never make a rug decision. You know, yeah. like you
2: know how like everyone's betting on sports now
1: since so yeah. like DraftKings and
2: all that. Everyone always posts when they win.
0: Nobody posts when, nobody they, nobody lose. <laughs> posts when they lose. <laughs> right. the same I think thing. one of my my first post on LinkedIn was me scrapping like a $5,000 job, like my first job out on my own officially. And I scrapped it. Like it was $5,000 a week's worth of work. I was even making $5,000. I was like, totally scrapped. I'm like, you probably oh, learned something from that. Oh yeah. I bit I'm off sure than I made it up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
1: exactly. So you yeah. learn things from yeah. this. I and mean, that's, that's all it
0: is. It's just learning and growing. And then now I got guys that call me or message me and be like, hey, man, can I call? I want to talk to you. I want to walk through. Like, I want to start my own thing. I want to purchase some machines. Yeah. And it'll be like, what machines should I get? And me having experience on a wide range, I'm like, well, these are great beginner machines and everything like that. Or where should I, should I rent a spot? I'm like, no. If you can do it in your garage, as long as you can possibly do it with no overhead do it. That's great. Things right, like where that. Where
2: everyone else is posting about their beautiful shop that yeah. costs so much money or yeah. whatever. You're like, don't do that. All my
0: yeah. new machines
1: and all my, yeah, yeah. everything. It's well, like, And we've talked about that for a future episode. It's the whole notion of being machine rich. Machine yeah. rich. Yeah. Right. There's a lot of manufacturing leaders out there that probably have $15 in their bank account, but they've got a million dollars worth of machines and they're posting on LinkedIn about how amazing. they I mean, it's just... Yeah. Amazing
2: for someone else to go buy your company
1: for... Yeah. yeah there's a lot of
0: smoke and mirrors. Exactly. Yeah. And that's the thing, like me, like I wish I could buy more machines. I've tried. I had some guys with a machine tool brand. I won't say who they are because I don't want people pounding on their door, but they were going to give me like $75,000 off on a brand new, like their high-end machine, Y-axis lathe. And I mean, I just, my credit was so shot and everything. It still is like no way I could afford it, but I wanted to, but I'm like, you fall into those traps of trying to look successful. Here, I got this old beat up 2003 machine that looks like it's been through the ringer. But I mean, everything's worked out. It makes good parts. Oh yeah. It makes parts. I can hold a thou all day long on the thing. And so, and then my other machine, my brand new mill, I didn't pay for it. I think I paid $3,500 for all the fees up front. And then I got it on a grant. can't
2: Talk about that. We were talking about that before we started recording, but like for anyone else who could maybe apply for the same type of grant.
0: Yeah. And I've talked to a lot of people. It's basically every state has their own manufacturing. Here it's called the Oklahoma Manufacturing Alliance. It is a state-funded organization meant to connect manufacturers with each other to help promote manufacturing. Every state has it.
1: Yeah. We have IMAC in Illinois.
0: And so they were the ones that hooked me up, a lady named Christina Waldley. She is great. I think Mike works with her. And then she hooked me up with a lady named Jody Harris, who works for the Oklahoma Finance Authority, which I know Mike also works with her. And She brought to me, she said, you live in a rural county, and so there's opportunities for you. They're not advertised. I said, you just got to talk to people. There's so many resources out there. And so it was a year process because it was government. But we started the process last year in January, got approved for the grant in July. So it was a $100,000 grant. And in the way our society works, if I would have been a woman, Native American, or of a different race, I could have gotten a lot more, but, or a veteran. I'm not any of those things. So I got what I could get, and that was a $100,000 grant. And I picked up a brand new Robo Drill. It got delivered January. So of this year. Good for you, man. man. Bare bones. That's okay. Three-axis mill, but I'm pretty excited those to are have nice it. Those nice machines. That's a nice yeah. machine. There's a yeah. lot
2: of really nice shops that have those things. Yeah, oh, you yeah. can
0: build a good, solid business with
1: that. So one of the other hosts that you made on LinkedIn that was most impactful to me, and it kind of goes back to Herent manufacturing, was you made a post of giving one of your kids, I think it was a new Midatoyo, was it a micrometer? I didn't give that to him.
0: Okay. So I had posted, it was his birthday. It was his 11th birthday. He was my second kid we adopted. He turned 12 and I woke up and he had the day off of school and he's like, dad, I just want to go to work with you for my birthday. I was like, Okay. I'm like, I know. no kidding. <laughs> and so I took Got him up there all and I was running some K500 Monel parts, just little bushings. And so I'd finished the whole first side that was critical. So all I was now was setting up and trimming it to length and radius and no big deal. And so he wanted to run it. I didn't run it with coolant or anything like that. So he's like, dad, can I run these parts? I was like, yeah, man, just go ahead. And here's how you do it. Slap them mm-hmm. in. So the picture I took, he looks like he's half dead, but it's because he woke up like an hour before that. <laughs> <laughs> and so, I mean, he has a safety glasses. I had some guy comment or send me a message and say, Need to be wearing safety toe shoes. Oh, good grief. And I'm like, the part weighs like five ounces.
2: Like, <laughs> <laughs> There's so Somebody's many stupid haters. Yeah. Always, oh, and he's it's a nice somebody. guy,
0: but I was like, man, I didn't even I'm respond. in my garage. Like I'm he's like, not gonna sue me. Well, this he's was like, in my shop, but it's still it was the only machine <laughs> whatever, I had. So I'm yeah. like whatever. But it's okay. But he's sitting there, he's running the parts, and I just kind of laid out his story because he's one of those kids that he grew up in nothing but violence, is all he knew. And when he came to our house, he was on five different antipsychotic meds like crazy, like, stoned out of his mind because of these meds. Oh my gosh. And like, I would come home from work and he would say hi to me, sit down on the couch. An hour later, get up and say, hey dad, I didn't see you come home from work. Oh, poor thing. Because he was just so out of it. Yeah. He weighed like 170 pounds at nine years old Yeah, because the last house abused him and just fed him food and set him in front of a TV. And so in the two years, he's a completely different kid. And all my kids are like I that. I thought he was beaming in the picture. Oh yeah, no. He, he had a huge smile on his face. And actually, a guy named Doug, the president of Mitotoyo America. Totally surprised us. He saw it and everything and sent them to him and said, hey, here is a metrology book. Here is a set of six-inch digital calipers and coolant-proof the ones, yeah, and I'm like, I was totally blown away. I'm like, yeah, kid has nicer tools than I have. Like, what the heck is going on? <laughs> and awesome. so, yeah, he was totally so. We should put up the video of him yeah. opening the boxes yeah. Yeah. and stuff. I saw the video, that's yeah. what it was. He was yeah. so excited, yeah.
3: But back to the question, right? I mean, that doesn't happen in other no. industries, right. right? Exactly. I mean, the
0: whole
2: time you're talking, I'm thinking, like, what can we create that will just help you or yeah. Help yeah. foster kids or whatever? Because yeah. I'm just that's so the whole inspired, goal of my man. shop,
0: and that's getting to the reason why I started it. It was because of that, because I have these kids, it's a way for me to be home with them more often like the goal is eventually get out of the shop I'm in and move back home yeah. build a shop at home yeah, and so I can be there with them and then they can learn at yeah. the same time learn a trade yeah, if that's their goal because I have two kids that they are not book kids they're yeah. not education now the one that was in that picture he loves machining but he's also very smart and Yeah, so all my kids are smart but their talents are just in different of areas course. Sure. And so the goal is to do that and use them as guinea pigs, and then eventually open it up to allow a couple other teenage foster kids to be able to come. That's amazing. A couple times a week, your yeah. parents can drop them off, and they can start learning see, the trade. a
2: trade. Whole new like business model. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. the whole goal the,
0: eventually, and to pay my
1: bills. So and we want to kind of hear as this progresses, yeah. and yeah, like get sure. updates from you. But I could definitely see this thing in five years from now, and maybe you'll have this mega Swiss shop here in Tulsa. With we all haven't
2: your talked kids. about this, Jason, but like I want making chips to support whatever he, yeah. Yeah. Whatever he builds for the foster kids. I'm anyway. not looking
0: for that, but if you guys want to jump on board and <laughs> I mean, whatever you guys want to promote <laughs> these for kids, it. like that's great. But yeah, that's awesome. for me, it's that. At this point right now, I actually just had to take a job because business hasn't been going so well. And it's not anybody's fault. It's, I'm not a salesman and I'm not the guy that's going to just chase down and hunt down work yeah. constantly. I don't have time for it. And I had a guy that would do that for me, but eventually got to the point where he was wanting like 40% Before profit (laughs) sales, and I'm like, What are you doing? What I was like, So this isn't gonna work. Wow, yeah, and so I actually talked to Mike, (laughs) I talked to a a customer of mine who they both had some machinist positions open. I'm like, I could go in, learn, you know, do something, still run my shop. But then the more I thought about it, and I didn't talk to Mike about this, but the more I thought about it, the more I was like, I don't want to do that. I was like, that's me owning my own shop, going and working for another shop, and just the amount of things that could be said. And Mike wouldn't say these things, but I know other guys. I know people. And so it's like saying like, oh, he's stealing tools or he's just trying to get customer information to steal work and all this stuff. And so I was just like, I don't want to even have any slight of that happening. So,
1: well, I, so I get the notion of not wanting to be a salesperson because I was that way once, but there's some techniques that you can learn. It's just like learning techniques on a machine. There's techniques that you can learn to be a salesperson in a very natural way and I think that I could probably point you in the right direction to just kind of put some pieces into yeah. place in order to get there. Yeah, That'll great. feel good. I mean, it'll become just as natural for you making a post on LinkedIn to pitching yourself It's
2: about to a trust. Client. Like yeah. sales is really about trust. Yeah. yeah. And-, and how could you not trust... Well, I was insurance. just going to say, like everything, yeah. and you've talked about this before, we had a whole episode on it, but like the transparency creates the trust. So everyone's like, oh, don't post this because it sends these signals. And like what your audience on social media is telling you is that it's building trust.
0: I have another story for you guys if you want. This is a Practical Machinist story about the YouTube video. So really quick, you were asked by Practical machinists yeah. to create some content for them. Yeah. And we were going to make it into a full series. Mm-hmm. But I screwed that up. Practical machines didn't do anything wrong. They're okay. great to work we with. We know those people. Yeah. yeah. They're awesome people yeah. to work with. And I use their forums all the time. Yeah. And I was excited about making the videos, but I was trying to balance having these eight kids and run the shop, do sales and do these videos. And I was like, man, I just don't have time yeah. and the effort to go into it to edit and everything like that. And I didn't have oh, a great you had computer. On a material. Yeah, I edited my own videos. Oh, okay. Everything like that. And my computer at that time sucked. It barely ran my Fusion 360. Like, it was just terrible. Yeah. And I was like, man, the amount of effort it's taking away from my family, my kids and stuff. And I handled it the wrong way. I kind of just stopped answering emails. I kind of was like, nah, I don't really want to do it anymore kind of yeah. thing. And eh, it was wrong. It was a wrong yeah. way to handle things completely. And so I haven't done that to any of my customers, but <laughs> I've done that to them. And it was wrong of me to do that. It was, probably would have been a great opportunity to continue doing those yeah. videos. What were they on? Just like YouTube. educational No, it was videos? just on me starting my, basically the same stuff I did on LinkedIn. They approached me because they saw the stuff on there. And they said, hey, we want to do a video. They first said a shop tour like all these big companies do, showing off all their machines and capabilities. They're like, I have one machine in my garage. Like that's not going to work. <laughs> quick like, I'm like, we can do a 30 second video really quick if you want. And they're like, okay, how about we do more something of how you got started and stuff. And it kind of just grew from there. And Stuff I was going through on a daily basis. So I did one on getting customers to pay, trying to find customers, things like that. And I did, I think, three videos and they did pretty well. I mean, I think they got 15,000 views on YouTube. And But Ken, I think you need to,
3: and we've talked a lot about business and <laughs> yeah. so forth, but what any entrepreneur that has had whatever perceived level of success that yeah. you think you might want to achieve, we can tell you, we've all done that. Right. There's been an opportunity in front of us that on your priority list day to day, when you talk about running your own shop and doing sales and doing ARAP and raising a family, Mm -hmm. it just falls down the list, right? Yeah. 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 They're great opportunities, but they aren't always where you can put your attention. Sometimes maybe
2: they should. Like I think what I'm so inspired by is like you put the things I wish were a higher priority in my life. You put those first. And I think that's awesome.
0: It's always been a thing for me and I've always tried. And it's great because my wife is one of the most stubborn people you will ever meet in the world. She is the most loving, caring I thought caring
2: that was my person. wife. Yeah. Are you sure? <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, my wife is
0: perfect because I'm going to have her listen to this episode yeah. for sure. She's not stubborn at all. She is the most loving, caring beautiful woman in the world. I but thought when that it comes was my to wife too. <laughs> we're gonna,
1: uh, we're we to can fight, fight this about out, this can't? if you that want. No, it's mine.
0: But <laughs> like describing her. stubborn as a mule and she will not let me put anything else in front of her and our family. Yeah. And so, I don't care if you have parts to make. We're going to spend time with our family yeah. today. We all need a good woman to keep yeah. us in yeah. check. she that. does. And, it's like, and I'm pretty strong-headed and stuff. Right, same. And I mean, it can lead to us clashing, Right. but it's always, she's always right and I'm always wrong. And it's great, <laughs> but no, I'm just kidding. But it's great because she keeps me in line in that yeah. way. And she lets me run my business and do it. Yeah. I picked up this day job that I can still run my business at the same time. And so it works out, but she always is like, okay, for the last three days, you didn't get home till 730 at night. Yeah. And she said, so tomorrow you're going to get home a little earlier because nice. you need to spend time and with your family. just to clarify,
3: she is not standing in the room telling him what
0: to say. No, no, she's not here. This is of my own volition. I love you, baby. (laughs) And I can say whatever I want. I'm making chips, and I have for the last 350 episodes. My wife will never listen to an episode. (laughs) My wife and kids will find out I'm on this, and they know it's not my regular thing. So she'll be like, "Oh yeah, we're gonna listen to this. We're gonna check that out." So Ken, what is the
1: most perfect job for you? You look at the blueprint. You look at the material. You're like, "This is perfect for my machine. This is perfect for my expertise. I can make this a hundred times over." I don't
0: know. You mentioned titanium, right? Yeah, I love titanium. I haven't milled it lately. It's been a long time. I just did rotors at that place. And so it wasn't really that intense. But turning wise, titanium, I love it. I mean, it's Mitsubishi makes some great tools for I'm not promoted by them. I'm not sponsored. I don't even use most of their tools anymore. Yeah, But if it comes to cutting titanium, they make some of the best that I've used. And so it's just... I don't know. Once you dial it in, it's so beautiful when it's done. It's so nice to cut. And yeah, it's so light and just, it's so expensive, which is probably why I haven't done much of it since I've been on my own, but no, it's just, it's stable. What is what I like? It sticks to itself, but it's such a stable material to cut. But then you go to something like 304, which I hate, but I still run it. But I'll run 316, 303, all different sorts of stainless and did some 174 parts. And a lot of it is turning because I just got my mill. And so I can turn pretty much almost anything on a six-inch chuck or a collet system. But when it comes to milling, I just haven't done a lot of it yet. So... I'm excited. Are you to. already
2: kind of booking up time and capacity on that new mill you got? No. Is that what you're looking for? No,
0: I had a guy approach me about making some parts for a bass boat. He's putting this like little power brake on a bass boat. Well, I'm asking the question because so. if there's any He's OEMs the right out there man, that
1: man. want to contact Ken and they've got jobs, yeah, we for don't him. do you know, we this. Love, we don't do this normally, <laughs> but Ken, we, we want <laughs> to help have to you for me, achieve. It's okay. No, it's yeah. okay. We want to help you achieve this dream of yeah. having this combination of like helping foster kids and helping the manufacturing yeah. industry. I can hear your passion, and I love that. And and there's probably a lot of people listening. Right Whatever we could do to help in. you out, it would be amazing. So, do you guys have any closing thoughts or questions for Ken? You guys asked. I mean, we talked early on
3: why we had Ken on, and if you look at making chips, is to equip and inspire. And I don't know that we could have a guest on to inspire me as much as Ken. Yes, yeah, no, uh, I appreciate that. Here. What he's doing is amazing.
0: I've. Thoroughly appreciate you coming on with us of today. Your Any heart time. is in the right place, Ken. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. There's nothing else I'd rather be doing between once I entered the manufacturing world, I was like, I'm hooked. And whether it's machining or my job now is I just problem solve and find solutions for manufacturers on what parts they need to be made and stuff like that, what they should use, whatever it may be like. I just love it. I mean, it's so cool because it makes the world go round. I yeah, mean, it's, there you go. Everything you see is touched by one of us. Yeah, so. there you go. I think awesome. my takeaway Great.
2: is like, there's a word for this, but these socially conscious for-profit businesses. I don't know what the word means.
1: Conscious capitalism. It's one of the words. Yeah.
2: We talked to another guy a few years ago. But they usually
1: don't take that from the Christian standpoint. (laughs) (laughs) It just as a FYI. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I forgot the name of the business, but we brought this guy on and he was talking about like, yeah, so we make parts, but it's got this mission attached to it. And that was kind of like how he went to market. And I think just to encourage you, like, it doesn't have to be this, like the more you focus on your family, the less you focus on your business thing. And everyone always says like work-life balance and balance assumes that like the more you invest in one, the further the other. Other one drops, but I think what you're talking about and what I'm so inspired by is there's a way to bring those together where, like, part of how you raise those kids and teach them how to be productive adults is your business, and yeah, that's what I want sure. to get on board. Like I mean, there's days I them. have
0: all eight of them at the shop with me because my wife has to go to appointments or something, and so I got eight kids out running around in my shop, rollerblades, skateboards, while <laughs> I'm sitting over here trying I mean, to program. Isn't that what made this country so, awesome? Like, <laughs> early is. on, like, yeah, people, yeah.
2: I have a lot of kids because I know a lot of people to work my farm or whatever it right. is, yeah. Mm-hmm. so yeah, yeah, I'm really inspired inspired man and i just want to say thanks for everything you're doing
0: oh well i appreciate that yeah thanks for coming on
1: the show ken yeah of course we're gonna check back in with you and hear about your journey next time maybe we come to tulsa
0: yeah of course anytime man you guys need anything let me know i've got an acronym for you
2: oh more acronyms wonderful what is it
1: It's the IBE, the industrial buying engine. It's the newest innovation by the team at Thomas to help you grow your industrial business.
2: You know, I know a thing or two about the industrial buying engine. You can drive more revenue by reaching the 1.5 million verified buyers on Thomas. It's a streamlined three-step process. First, you message buyers. Second, you quote projects. And
1: third, you get paid. The industrial buying engine is accessible from the company's ThomasNet dashboard. Get your free profile today at thomasnet.com slash claim to get started with Thomas and the industrial buying engine.
2: And we're going to sweeten the deal. Our listeners get a 25% off annual subscription with the code CHIPS25, C-H-I-P-S 25.
3: So, Ken, thank you so much for being here. This was great. It was very inspiring, I think, to all of us. I'm sure there's a lot of people in the Metalworking Nation that are inspired by this. They've gone through it. It's always good to know you're not alone, right? And I would say even outside of the Metalworking Nation, this is something that any entrepreneur could listen to and and be inspired from. 100%. So, thank you very much. If you enjoyed this episode, if you're inspired by it, please visit whatever you listen to your podcast on, whether it's iTunes, Spotify, whatever. Give us a rating.
1: Hit the little arrow button.
3: Hit the arrow button. Yeah. And
1: text it to your friends.
3: Yeah. And yeah. yeah, share this. Share this with other people in our industry. Share this with any entrepreneur you know.
2: Especially people who might have good work for a robo-drill. Absolutely. <laughs> in the Tulsa area. We need
3: to load Ken up. Yeah. No, but appreciate it. So but yeah. So thank you. There's this
1: machinist proverb, if you're not making chips... You're not making money. Bam.